0: Today on Solving for Multifamily, I'm speaking with Todd Berner, Chief Product Officer from Castle Systems. We're going to talk a little bit about how leveraging their managed services platform for access control and security can help you get back to concentrating on your core business. We also focus on the importance of video guarding, especially as multifamily properties increase the number of guests and service providers in their buildings. As always, in the interest of disclosure, Castle Systems is an Allegiant partner. So thanks for listening and joining us today on Solving for Multifamily. So, hey, Todd, thanks for joining the podcast today. Oh,
1: thanks for having me. Great to be here.
0: Uh, My pleasure. Looking forward to the conversation. Guess, you know, for the audience, just to to start us off, can you tell us a little bit about Castle and, and more specifically what Castle is doing in the multifamily
1: space? Sure. So I'd say at a high level, Castle is a prop tech company that secures thousands of properties across the U.S. And we really try and focus on delivering three outcomes for our customers. So, one, we want to make sure we're creating safer, more secure spaces. Number two, we think a lot about the owner's perspective and how can we drive increased NOI for those owners. And three, we spend a lot of time thinking about the, the resident experience and what can we be doing through the various offerings that we have to create a differentiated experience for the multifamily property. You know, Castle has been around for about 50 years. We have a managed service business model, which means you know, everything from the system design to the installation to the ongoing support, monitoring, and maintenance is all done by Castle. Uh, but w- about, I don't know, probably six, seven years ago now, you know, we realized that even though we've been serving multifamily customers for many years, we've been serving them off of a platform that was really designed for a commercial audience. And so we realized that there were su- there were substantial differences in how a multifamily property operated. And so we invested to build a platform and a mobile experience that was, was built from the ground up to reflect the multifamily uh, reality. So whether that's from the access control side of things, the video side of things, or what I think we're going to talk a little bit about today, the video guarding side of things, you know, really trying to figure out how does that fit into the multifamily experience to try and deliver those three outcomes I mentioned before.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've known about your company for a long time with my commercial background um, as, as really being in that commercial space. I, I guess just a quick question, because you're in the commercial space and, and we see a lot of crossover between commercial real estate and multifamily, any lessons learned or you know, are you seeing portfolios start to say, hey, listen, I want, I want you guys to help us both on our commercial side and it leads you into the multifamily side?
1: Yeah, definitely seeing that as as an increasing trend. So, you know, the fact that it's all one company and all ultimately coming back to one database, we've got that ability. But I would say, you know, three years ago, they would run a little bit more independently. The commercial side would do its thing, the multifamily side would do its thing. And now, you know, I think a lot of the discussion that we're hearing portfolios start to think about is, how do we create value, not just building by building or asset by asset, but how can we create value across the portfolio? So, you know, imagine that you're a multifamily uh, property and you can say to some of your residents, because you're part of this property, we can give you perks and amenities to use the conference room or the gym in some commercial building. So we're, we're beginning to see some of the walls come down between the asset classes and therefore people looking for systems that can help create unified experiences that aren't dependent on an asset class.
0: You know, that's really interesting from that perspective. It feels like then we're starting to see the first steps or you guys are starting to see the first steps of more centralized management. Is is that a fair perspective?
1: I think I don't I think it's it's a journey. Um, you know, I think you're starting to see, you know, portfolio owners begin to ask questions more from the corporate center and starting to evaluate systems and say, if we're going to create a unified experience, a barrier to that is going to be a lot of disconnected systems that are all different location by location. And so, you know, I don't think anybody or very few are kind of ready to say, all right, we're going to create a corporate standard and that's going to be the same thing everywhere. But I think you're starting to see people begin to explore that opportunity because of the potential it creates to allow that seamless movement across properties, to create unique experiences because you can lift up above any one property. Um, So I, I think, you know, Early days, but seeing a lot more interest in that kind of a possibility.
0: Okay. And then before we jump in a little bit more into multifamily in particular, you mentioned managed services. And I think that can be a confusing term to some. Could you explain what managed services is from Castle?
1: So, I uh, think kind of talk about it in the context of, of access control, but the, the concept would apply in other places as well. So, you know, when most people think about an access control system, they're, they've got in their mind what we would call a run it yourself system. So, you know, maybe they hire a security consultant to do the system design, they find a local integrator um, who can install the system, and maybe that integrator also does the, the service on the back end. But kind of from a day-to-day administration reporting uh, management perspective, the on-site team is the one who's responsible for operating the system and, and keeping it running and doing all the things that need to get done. And in the managed service model, the idea is that Castle can take on as much or all of those things as that property wants. So, you know, it's not a question of dealing with one vendor for the design, one vendor for the installation, a different vendor for the maintenance. And then when something goes wrong, uh, kind of a a pointing fingers game of who's going to be responsible for fixing this. With the Castle business model, Castle will take care of all of those things. You know, even including things like actually doing the administration of the system, so adding and removing uh, individuals, managing credentials, um, you know, doing reporting, all of those kinds of things. So, it's it's a um, I think that the shift that you know is, is kind of important for people to understand about Castle's business model is we're asking property managers and the on-site teams to do a lot of things. Right there is kind of the basic building blocks that we have to do just to keep the property running, but increasingly we're asking the property team to think about well, what are the services we should be offering or you know what are the amenities we should be bringing in or increasingly you know what's the what's the technology stack or prop tech's uh, set of services we should be bringing into the property and all that kind of falls back on the property manager right so they didn't get any relief on the basics but now we've asked them to do a lot more things some of which may be brand new to them and so what ends up happening is they just get stretched thinner and thinner and so the idea with castle is that as a managed service provider We can take on the things that the property staff have to do, right? It's not an option not to have security for the property, but you don't get a high five when it goes right. So, you know, let Castle take on those things that, that have to work well, that are, you know, requirements and dissatisfiers if they go wrong. Let the property management team then take on some of the things that will create differentiation for the property. Let them focus on the delighters um that will truly drive value for the property. So it's it's very similar to the idea of a a managed service in an IT space or you know cloud computing. It's like sure you can do these things, you know, but they are they're important but not differentiators necessarily. Let others who have the scale and scope to take those things on, do them and let your teams focus on the things that they're uniquely positioned to do.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really great model, especially as we look at where we are today around driving more operational efficiency and and some of the labor constraints out there, you know, this could give that capacity back to the property to say, listen, we'll manage the security aspect of this for you, you know, whatever aspects you need or the entire inclusive thing, Um, but we can help drive back that efficiency. So you can go focus on your core business around managing the property, resident experience, things along those lines.
1: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that Castle has as part of our business model is we have an operations center both for access and for video. And that's a lot of the conversations we're having with uh, multifamily properties right now is, as they think about those operating efficiencies, as they figure out how to run the, the properties as leanly as they can, consistent with the experience that they want, having a, a partner and somebody like Castle, who can take on a lot of those things and still deliver a lot of the experiences they're looking for, gives them leverage in a, in a more cost effective way.
0: So more specific to to multifamily, you know. so you touched on uh, access control and security services, um, and it sounds like you had built a a complete grounds-up platform to service the multifamily industry. Um, One of the things that you touched on when we were talking about it a little bit before is around video guarding or video management. Can tell me a little bit more about that service? Because at least from where I am today, I don't run into the video aspect as much, but that's relative to, to you know, I work for a lot company, so we don't see video. But are you seeing that growing trend and then what are the benefits of, of video services or remote guarding?
1: So let me kind of give you the, the context that we've seen across the last couple of years that that kind of pushed us into this space more more broadly. You know, when the pandemic hit the sort of way the multifamily property operated changed literally overnight you know march sixteenth, 2020 nobody's going back to the office and so the multifamily property that used to have a kind of an ebb and flow of people throughout the day as work started or school started suddenly people were there all the time and and so you you know add on top of that people started ordering everything from amazon and you know fresh direct and all the different places and so suddenly now you have even more people coming to the property and trying to get through and so, you know, a lot of the questions has been like, well, how do we make sure everything stays secure in this kind of environment? I mean, we've got more people around, more people coming and going, more opportunity for tenant infractions. How do we make sure that everything stays safe? And the approach that a lot of properties took was, well, we need more guards. We need more rovers. We need more physical security, um, you know, as the way that we're going to make sure our communities stays safe. And it's, it's a natural reaction. But I think what a lot of communities very quickly found out is that, the guard solution is challenging on a couple dimensions you know one then and now guards are hard to find it's a a tight labor market two guards are expensive you know you were you are paying for a person to be you know on site and and looking around and trying to keep things in order three guards can only be in one place at one time right so you know yes you can have somebody roaming around the property but if something happens in the area they're not on patrol you know there wasn't a whole lot they could do at that time and so, you know, where, where remote guarding comes in is it's a way to augment an on-site team, whether that's a, a guard, a rover, a concierge, even the property management staff, to say, let's use technology as a way to better understand what's happening all the time and more efficiently deploy a potentially smaller on-site guard team or on-site on-site team to whatever needs to happen. So it's it's one of those rare situations where you, a lot of multifamily properties have found they can deliver even better security outcomes than just using guards alone at a lower total cost of ownership because they don't need quite as many. So, so that, that's kind of the, the driving force behind remote video guarding. And is, is really a we need to deliver great security outcomes for our residents so they feel safe in their homes, but we still have a lot of pressure to deliver profit at the end of the day. And so how can we do that most cost effectively?
0: You know, it's an interesting point from the perspective of as we continue to progress, it feels like you're hitting on the next kind of evolution or the next step, right? As we look at more seamless access, uh, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. There's going to be more people inside the building or mm-hmm. Maybe more people inside the building that are not part of the regular staff or the resident group, right? So more interaction with additional service providers or, or others. And so having that ability to to monitor what's going on inside the building, I think, is a, is a big step towards that security aspect. I guess one of the things that I find most interesting is video in, in my past has always been used as a reactive tool not a proactive tool so with your services it sounds like then you know 24 by 7 someone's watching that and and i'm sure you're using some type of analytics to help you know catch things can you talk a little bit about what that aspect of the service looks like
1: yeah absolutely so when, when people think of remote video guarding they you know the image that probably pops to mind is somebody standing in front of a wall of video screens and watching in real time what's happening across 24 screens. And, and you know, we would call that like live video guarding, and, and that is a, that's a possibility, but arguably you know, only in very certain circumstances would, be, would that be the way that we would actually recommend doing it. The, the, the approach we take is exactly what you said, which is let's use analytics as a way to determine what's worth investigating. Because again, think back to that wall of video monitors. The, the challenge with that is after a few minutes, you you kind of become numb to what you're seeing on the screen. It becomes harder and harder to find the thing you're looking for, because hopefully you're watching non-events minute after minute after minute. And so after a certain point, you your know, guard drops down, you're not paying as much attention and you realize, oops, I missed that, uh, you know, event on screen number three. And so what remote guarding allows you to do is to say, you know, the cameras are watching everything all the time, but you can put AI inside the camera that says, I've detected, this camera has detected something of interest. Maybe it's a person, maybe it's motion. You you can actually set up a lot of different uh, triggers as to what would would say to the camera, something has happened. But with remote video guarding, what you can do is have an operation center of people who are only reviewing clips, video clips, that the camera has said, there's something here to look at, right? Because the camera can tell you something happened. The camera can't necessarily tell you friend or foe, good or bad, you know, ignore or respond. And, and so that's what the, the human in the middle of that video operation center, the remote video guarding capability can really do. Right. So they can look at it and say, okay, the camera has detected something. Now I can apply human judgment to this video clip and I can decide what to do. Right. If it's, if it's a non-event, I let it go. And I, I go back. If it's something is actually there that needs to happen, then, you know, part of the benefit and where a lot of multifamily communities have seen a lot of value is, back to this notion of being an extension of staff, once the the team detects something, they can take a customized set of actions based on what the community wants for that camera for that time of day, right? So if I see somebody out in the pool area that uh, shouldn't be there, you know, maybe step one is use an audio talk down to tell the person, hey, I see you out by the pool in the red shirt, you're not supposed to be there, you know, please disperse. If they don't, you know, maybe next step is call the property manager or the guard or local authorities. But you know, the, the remote video guarding is not, as you said, just a forensic after-the-fact exercise. At its best, it actually is a preventative measure, you know, to be able to say, we're spotting something in real time. We've got the, the visibility and the action steps to be able to hopefully prevent a bad outcome from happening. Or if not, be able to fully prevent it, to be able to act on it much faster. Than sort of the classic video system where you come in the next day and now you're pulling footage from 14 hours before.
0: Yeah, no, I, I love the fact that technology's at this point where we are seeing better technology applied for better outcomes that get us closer to, if not on top of that more proactive stance. You know, video as a as a reactive forensic tool was, was just that, right? It, it was great for after something occurred to go back and, and point the finger or prosecute someone, but it wasn't, you know, there was always that big gap to how do we proactively monitor this? And, and like you had mentioned, you know, in the past, especially... It, it either costs a lot of money because there's a lot of human capital tied up in watching all those video screens. Right. And and thus, unless you were, you know, something that really needed that level of protection, everyone used it forensically. So mm-hmm. I love the fact that you guys are iterating on that and applying AI and other things. I guess in multifamily in particular, where are you seeing people wanting to deploy video, right? Because yeah. there is, I guess, some of that sensitivity around you know I, I don't think you're deploying it in the apartment so where where in yeah. the building are you are are your clients at least asking for video monitoring
1: yeah no it, it's a good point there are there are very real privacy concerns and so you know as, as we're working with the property to figure out what problem are they trying to solve and how can we best help them solve it one of the things that's always in the back of our mind is you know these are still residents homes I and mean, we have to make sure that we're affording them the level of privacy that they're looking for and as a result, you know, the, the places you tend to see remote video guarding employed are more common area spaces. So whether that's, you know, the, the fitness center, the rooftop terrace, the parking garage, pool areas, pet runs, you know, anywhere you tend to find people congregating, anywhere you tend to find um, places where, you know, package rooms might be another, where you, you're kind of trying to understand what's happening in that area. Those would be some of the places, but honestly, anywhere you've deployed a camera, is a potential area where you could have a remote video guard monitor that camera for some or all of the time.
0: I want to switch gears on you because you mentioned early in the conversation that you guys are a prop tech company. Mm-hmm. And and again, if I use a little bit of my bias, I, I've always known you as an access control or a security company, but watching what you have built out on the multifamily side, I think it's fair to say you are a prop tech company because you are tackling those other aspects around multifamily that I so often hear about. You know, I wish we had a connector to our property management system, for example, mm-hmm. or I wish we had some type of connector to, you know, something else in the ecosystem from a, a technology stack. Could you elaborate a little bit more on you know, the platform that you've created for multifamily that enables all of those connectors?
1: Sure. So the, the, the thing I would start with is to say that Castle is an open platform. You know, yes, we have built our own software. Yes, on occasion, we build our own hardware if there is an experience that we're trying to create that we can't find somewhere else. But we look to use off the shelf offerings and we look to integrate with other systems anywhere that we can because we recognize no matter how much we build, we're still only going to be part of the broader puzzle. And so you know, the, the way that we approach working with a multifamily property is to say, before we even talk about what we might be able to offer you, let's understand what's the experience you're trying to create. You know, what, what is it you are trying to deliver for your residents? What are you trying to deliver for the property staff? What are you trying to deliver for the owners? And then let's build a solution that helps solve that problem. And so, you know, maybe that involves Castle software and hardware. Maybe that involves third-party software and hardware. We're going to try and figure out how can we bring those things together to deliver that experience for that property. And as we work with portfolios, we find that the experience at property A might be different than the experience at property B. And so we want to make sure that we've got enough flexibility to say you know it doesn't have to be a cookie cutter approach you know we can work with you to say let's understand the problem you want to solve let's figure out how best to solve and if that's all castle fantastic if it's castle and third parties that's also great too you know one of the things you mentioned before is you know kind of property management systems you know that's an example of where part of what we're trying to do as i said before is drive operating efficiencies for the property you know the, the days where people would log into three different systems to enter the same information three times just doesn't make any sense and so you know we're, we're constantly looking for those kinds of opportunities to say let's understand where the data naturally sits maybe like a property management system let's integrate that into the castle system because it creates two benefits You know, one it saves the team time because they don't have to enter the same data twice but two it creates better security you know in that world where you move the person out in RealPage or Yardi or Entrada and you forgot to go over to the access control system and also deactivate their credential there, now you've got a person who has no contractual relationship with the property who can still get on site. So we we, we really look for those kinds of opportunities that it will deliver, as I said at the start, kind of safer, more secure spaces, better NOI for the property owners and a better resident experience uh, for the people who live there.
0: Yeah, I think the last thing you'd want as a property manager is have ex-resident still using your facilities like your pool or your gym six months later. Right? Exactly. that's crazy liability from from a liability perspective as well as that you know from a security perspective. That's that would be quite
1: concerning. Right, and and you know that's the issue with the property manager kind of having to do everything him or herself because they've got a lot of things they've got to do, right? And you know the the, the notion that they're going to go back and do periodic audits to make sure they cleaned everything out appropriately there's too much on their plate for that to happen. So, you know, whether you handle it through integrations and automation, whether you handle it through a managed service approach, either way, you, you wanna make sure that you are delivering that experience, but also um, ensuring the security of, of the property and reducing that legal liability.
0: Yeah. And I think your timing is absolutely right around the tolerance for managing multiple databases and looking at inefficiencies. I think the pandemic has just kind of really amplified. Why can't we do this in in a more streamlined, efficient way? And and so we're hearing more of that around, I, I don't want to manage three or four databases that just centralize around access control. It should be feeding out of one database and that should be my property
1: management system. I mean, it's the system the teams are in all the time. It makes the most sense that it can drive a lot of the other systems around the community.
0: And then finally, the the point on flexibility, um, portfolio to portfolio, you'll find differences. And then especially if you're talking about adoption in the aftermarket, existing buildings, flexibility is really important, you know, from building to building. Cause as you had mentioned from property to property, building to building, ownership to ownership, you're gonna find some differences as well. So I love that flexible open approach. And and I think
1: where you guys are going with some of that is, is really spot on. Yeah, I mean, and, and we're trying to kind of take it even further. So back to that concept around remote video guarding, that's a service that, you know, we're seeing even some people use that on a season by season basis. So it's not even just at the property level. They'll say during the summertime, people are outside, days are longer, you know, we see that there are more issues that take place. So maybe Castle will have you help monitor some of these cameras from Memorial Day to Labor Day. But then, you know, after that, maybe we can turn the service off. So really trying to give people the ability, you know, again, back to the analogy of kind of cloud computing, use what you need and then, you know, not have to take things that you don't necessarily need. So continue to try and push the, uh, the envelope on that dimension as well.
0: Really great work. I love what you guys are doing. If someone wanted a little bit more information on Castle or, or a little bit more information on your multifamily offering, where can they find a little bit more about you guys?
1: Uh, best place to go would be the website, uh, www.castle.com. Got a great section in there around our multifamily-specific offering uh, as well as our remote video gardening offerings.
0: Well, I appreciate the time, Todd. Hope to have you back. Maybe we will talk about some other things that you guys are iterating on in the future.
1: Would love to do so. Thanks for the opportunity here today. Thanks, Robert.
0: So thanks for joining today's episode of Solving for Multifamily. If you like the episode, hit the like button. Share with your friends. We'll see you next time.